You and I both know there's nothing to be afraid of, right? I'm not afraid of anything. Welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And this is our Children of the Corn 4 episode. We're already four deep. Can you believe it? Yes. Yes, I can. Is that gross? Was that too gross, the thing that I said? A little bit. It did sorry, make me like... It, to me. it did make me like, you know, kind of cringe a little bit, thinking like, oh, yeah. There could be a pun in there. Or there an entendre. Let's not put anything else in there. We're already four deep. We don't need anything else. Okay, good. Um, but first, let's do some 10-word reviews of Julie and Julia. Want to do that? Sure. We have. Ne- we never did that one? No, we didn't. Okay. Okay, my review of Julie and Julia is going to be a love letter to Meryl Streep and Butter. Um, Meryl Streep bakes and cooks. Her way to greatness. Butter. (laughs) That's great. I mean, that's the most important element of the movie. Um, And this is the part where we plug our Patreon page. If you check out patreon.com slash scream101, you can find 10-minute reviews that expand on the modern 10-word reviews that we do. Uh, We didn't do one this week because we're recording hella in advance, but um, I'm sure anything we'll have watched in between the time of recording and the time of release we'll put on the Patreon as well. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not one to, you know, butter my own biscuit, but these 10 these 10 minute reviews are pretty good. They really are. I yeah, I mean, we've definitely kind of we're getting into a groove with them and you should check it out. Check it out. Give us money, please. Love us more. Say some stuff. Put an N to my rant. Yeah, okay. Brendan, so please. um yeah. So we're doing Children of the Corn for The Gathering from 1996, uh just a year after the previous one. Um, but here is the plot of that movie. Grace Rhodes, played by, can you believe it, Naomi Watts, yeah. who is studying to be a doctor, returns to her hometown as a strange illness is afflicting the local children. The symptoms include a high fever and spasms, but even weirder is what happens the next day. All those with the illness claim they are somebody else. Then they begin murdering the grown-ups, really bury the lead there. Mm-hmm. Um, after her sister undergoes the same sinister metamorphosis, Grace comes to believe there is some connection to an evil cult figure who may be returning from the grave. From the grave? Yeah, from that thing. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we rate all of our movies on scariness, campiness, effects, and quality. Uh, so, first of all, let's do scariness. How 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 do you feel about this one? Three. Me too. So we're pitting this as the scariest of all the Children of the Corns we've seen thus far? Yes. I would completely agree with that. I was shocked by this movie. Um, but what what scared you the most about it? Uh, the creepy kids. I mean, the creepy that's zombie kids. Uh-huh. How were they creepier than previous entries? Because these movies are all about creepy kids. Because they were zombies in this one. Yeah, kind of, or like resurrected spirits of some kind. Or possessed. Kind. The, the, the cult leader figure was definitely a zombie. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and he was also a, a kid who was murdered and put in a well because Naomi Watts always fights children in wells for some reason, I guess. She knows her market. She really does. It's it's quite a niche. Um, yeah, for me, the scariness comes from, well, first of all, I have to give a caveat. This is not a Children of the Corn movie. Oh, no, it isn't. <laughs> I take great anger with the title. Yes. Um, it's one of those sequels that presumably started as a different script, but they pushed some Children of the Corn-esque elements onto it. Literally, it's in a cornfield. That's the extent to which children, which corn is involved. Yeah, corn's barely involved. It, there's children killing their parents, but not really. It's more like children trying to resurrect this evil zombie boy king mm-hmm. of some kind. Um, so that's not great that's a little bit a little speck of false advertising but when we're doing horror sequels you got to get used to that happening sometimes Mm -hmm. but what this movie is it's a like an outbreak medical thriller and it's also a creepy town with a secret thriller and Mm -hmm. i like both of those things a lot i like the second one more than the first i Uh thought that um the town like us having to discover what the secret was as to why this kid was being resurrected by all the other kids. Uh I thought that was really intriguing. That kept me watching as much as I could watch. Um, The Outbreak thing, I've seen it done better, much better. Yeah. I mean, look, we've we've both seen Contagion. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, I've seen Outbreak, the movie. Yeah. But I I don't know. I'm a germaphobe, and that kind of thing affects me more. Like, that's why I like zombie movies, because they have the disease element. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, really, it's, I don't know. If you're someone who's affected by pandemic thrillers, this one's really, it, I got, it got under my skin. Like, there's a scene where all the kids across town have a fever that's building up to, mm-hmm. like, over 104 degrees. Mm-hmm. And they start like spasming and calling out to their parents all at the same time and just sweating. And then all the parents are putting their kids in water at the exact same moment. Yeah. It's just, it's really creepy. I thought that was a really effective like film technique yeah. in and of itself. Uh, but one thing I will say that I didn't like about this movie is that, or at least that aspect of it is that we never really saw the kids become contaminated with anything. They just were. Well, no, I mean, we, we saw the evil zombie boy casting some sort of Satan spell over them. Yeah, it's more supernatural than it's contagion, so it's yeah. like whatever. No, okay, yeah, I mean, we know pretty much straight up from the beginning that this is not a real disease, mm-hmm. but them trying to get to the bottom of all this creepy stuff happening to their kids, I really liked. Okay. Um, and just that part really got to me, just mm-hmm. as as a disease thriller, which it was for a little bit, even though we had much more information than the characters did. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially the point where the doctor has already died. So Naomi Watts, who's just a med student and her best friend, who's like the school nurse, like they have to team up and try to save the whole town. And it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm probably selling this movie as something that it's not cause there's a lot of other stuff and that's the stuff they kind of foreground. Um, but those elements I responded to. And also there's a lot of like weird exorcisty material with the, with the little sister. Like she keeps like, floating at 45 degree angles off of her bed and like over pools of water and i don't know creep me out it it did it it did its job mm-hmm. um was there anything else that's kind of like sticking with you because we seem to be approaching this from opposite angles <coughs> i thought naomi watts naomi watts's mother was really creepy yes oh, wait you were were you scared of her or scared for her for her 
I felt bad for her. She's the first character we're introduced to at the beginning of the movie because mm-hmm. we are introduced to her via her dream. Yes. Uh, that a zombie kid is going to eat her. And then we never really see her at her full, I guess, uh, cerebral potential because she's a shell of a woman that she once was. That's why Naomi Watts is here. Yeah, she's agoraphobic severely. She's mm-hmm. afraid to go outside. Uh-huh. And so Naomi Watts is there to protect her. And so that's all the context we ever see her in or uh-huh. interact with her is to protect her. And so I just feel like we we sort of bond with her that way. We want her to succeed and to be safe. Yeah. Because she's the, the character that needs the most protecting, like a child. Yeah, and, and I think a major part of that character is the fact that she's played by Karen Black, who's kind of a cult. I'm gonna I'm telling you, I'm gonna tell you who she is. You give me a look. I'm rolling um, my eyes a little bit. She's kind of a cult horror figure that's very popular in the horror community. Um, she's been in a lot of stuff. She was in this haunted house movie called Burnt Offerings, probably most famous for being in um, Trilogy of Terror, um, where she gets chased around by a Zuni fetish doll. Um, it's one of the first evil doll thriller segments. Never mind. Um, no, but she she's a cult actress, and I wouldn't say she's necessarily like, you know, Oscar material happening here. Mm-hmm. But she has a pedigree. Mm-hmm. And... Whether or not it provides, like, weird campiness or whatever. Because she definitely provides weird campiness to other movies that she's in, like Ghost Rider, the Alan Cumming movie. Mm-hmm. She is campy as all get out in that movie. But she has a gravitas to her that, like, just any random actress wouldn't. Okay. And I think her playing that kind of crazy stock character is kind of inherently more interesting than just, like, some random old lady. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to give kudos to her. But why don't we, uh, I guess it's a good transition into campiness. What's your campiness score for this movie? Three. Okay. Um, is it based on her or other things? What are we looking at here? It's based on the zombie kids. You you thought they were funny? I thought they were just over the top. But you were also scared by them? I was also scared by them. But you thought they were silly? I also thought they were silly. I contained multitudes, Brennan. Sure. You want to elaborate more? Um... I thought the makeup was kind of cheap. Oh, well, can makeup be can, contribute to campy? Yeah, I, you always like to talk about makeup. That's fine. Um, what like what parts of the makeup? Because there's a lot of different ways that uh, effects and makeup are used in this Do movie. Do you remember the name of the little preacher kid? Josiah. Josiah. I thought his makeup was terrible. Oh, yes. Um, I thought some of the effects surrounding him were kind of bad. Uh, just like what he could do. And just go around things. Uh-huh. He just launched things at people. I wasn't feeling him. No, yeah. He was a silly presence, and he was a kid who would be, like, standing there, and then he'd disappear, and you're like, mm-hmm. ooh, spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that was a little silly and kind of undercut some of the better moments. Mm-hmm. I agree with you there. Um, and his makeup is definitely sub, sub, sub Freddy Krueger, and not, like, good Freddy Krueger, like Freddy's Dead, the Final Nightmare Freddy Krueger makeup. Uh-huh. Um, we'll, we'll get there. You'll understand that joke later. Um. Yeah, for me, I'm I'm giving this a two out of five. I I didn't find it particularly campy for you know for a direct to video sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, it it had a lot more character drama than I was expecting, and with you know Naomi Watts and Karen Black, they're decent actresses. So I don't know. I, I didn't find as much to laugh at as I normally would in this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. There are some crazy things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the doctor gets cut in half by a gurney that I guess has a guillotine attached to it. That was really weird. You know, as it just launched too. Yeah. As is standard in hospitals. Um, oh man, that makes no sense. Maybe there's a guillotine. Who knows? Mm-hmm. We just don't see it in action most of the time. 
we go to the to the proper medical professionals who keep it from activating. Yeah, the, and they're not in Grand Island, Nebraska. Grand Isle. Okay. Um, you called it Grand Isle. I don't. I think you just probably stopped listening halfway through him saying that. Oh, he said Grand Isle, Brennan. Okay, but we saw a sign that said Grand Island. But people called it Isle too. Okay, maybe the doctor did. Also, where? Tell me. Where is there an island in Nebraska? This is all lies. Okay, it was an isle. This is a town of lies and secrets. Yes, it is. Anyways, the thing that I thought was the most campy about the movie was probably just the whole uh, plot line. uh, Just the whole plot line. Just all of it? Yeah. About this weird little preacher kid who was taken in by traveling preachers, and then they like fed him mercury so he wouldn't grow. And that's why he was so tiny and also sick or whatever. Honestly, I thought that was kind of creepy, but that's fine. Like, I think the way we're presented that information is campy, which is two really old ladies taking turns saying their lines. Two wizened crones. Yes. Um, but you just weren't taking that seriously. No. I was like, whatever. Um, I thought the wizened crones were good. They reminded <laughs> me of the skeleton key. Uh, is Naomi Watson that too? No, that is a different white girl. Kate Hudson. Oh, sure. Don't you have a skeleton key in this room? No, I've never seen it. Oh. That, I mean, that doesn't mean I don't own it, but I also don't own it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was actually, speaking of me owning things that I've never seen, um, I was pointing out to Sergio that the uh, Children of the Corn 2 and 3 double disc that we watched uh, in the last couple of weeks, I've literally owned that since before we met, which was like six years ago, and this is the first time watching them. Yep. So I'm, I'm a bit of a DVD hoarder, if you will. Oh, we know you're a hoarder. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> but one more thing about campiness is that there is a liberal application of slow motion in this movie. Yeah. I never understood why they would do that. I guess just to take up time in the movie. Yeah, I mean, this movie barely clocks in at like an hour 24, so I guess they needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not even in creepy scenes. Like, the slow motion starts way before anything creepy happens. Yeah, I remember that was like one of the first things they pointed out was... Uh, uh, what's her name? Karen Black. Karen Black's character drops a glass and it just breaks. Uh-huh. And it's in the sink and it just breaks slowly. And I'm like, oh, is this, the kid going to use that glass to get at her? No, the glass just stays there. It's just broken glass and we like zoom in on it for whatever reason. I was like, that's really odd. And then they reuse that footage later in the movie. They do, but that's to show you that the dream's repeating itself. Ooh. I mean, yeah, I get it. Lazy script writing. No, no. What? I was like a scriptwriter. No, that was her dream coming to life. Her dream was like a prophecy. I want. I choose to believe that that was them finding a reason to reuse that footage. No. Okay. No, that no. No. You say no. I say no. Okay. I say it had an actual thematic point, um, but it was still silly. Um, and the first time you see it, it, it's like, why are you giving so much importance to this? Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, well, let's move on to effects, which we've been itching to talk about, I see. Um, what's your rating for that one? Effects, I give three. Okay, I actually agree with you on that one. Isn't that a surprise? It is so surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have a favorite and maybe, I mean, least favorite we know, we've talked about, is the zombie boy. Uh-huh. One cool effect, even though I hated it. Was... <laughs> oh my god, you really do contain multitudes. <laughs> um was uh okay so uh naomi watts has a friend yes who's a school nurse or whatever yes and she leaves her sister margaret with this friend uh while she goes and discovers the truth behind the town secrets 
And so the friend is off doing some experiments with blood or whatever and corn or mercury. Yeah, she's. Uh, we were making. Uh, the, she's discovering the weakness of the kids, which is that it's uh, their bodies or their ghosts or whatever are allergic to mercury because mm-hmm. it always has to be an easy fix. Uh huh. So while she's off doing science or whatever, some blood vials overflow with blood. That was cool. Uh huh. And to the point where there's like a puddle of blood, and it's like you know it's growing because the blood juice is coming out of nowhere. And as this pl- blood pile is growing, she realizes like, oh, sh- I got a jam. And so she leaves, and she like she runs down the hallway. But as she's out the hallway, slowly things start shooting at her, and they pin her down, much like they did in an earlier scene, which I was like, okay, I get it. This is how he likes to do things, pin yeah. people down. It's not a Children of the Corn movie if someone's not getting like really obviously crucified by household objects. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what was cool was from that blood pile, this like weird scyther? scythe. 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 <laughs> You you play too much Pokemon. Uh, the scythe just like uh, kind of emerges from the pool of blood and just like shoots at her. Yes, and, and then what happens? And then she dies. But how? How does it hit her? It hits her in the head. Yeah, it comes straight like straight through her skull and out the front of her face. It's so cool. Okay. Oh c- come on, that's a great gore effect. Okay. Whatever. Um, there's also another great gore effect with the scythe actually. Um, when the Sheriff is killed in a cornfield. He gets a scythe through his back, and he kind of cracks in half backwards, and the scythe protrudes out of his chest, and it's also really gross and bloody. Mm-hmm. Um, this is very bloody. Yeah, so I, I, I'm also giving this a three. Like, those parts are really cool. And also, these, these kids be pulling out their teeth, mm-hmm. which I would not advise. <laughs> also, apparently, their tooth fillings. First of all, every kid in this town has fillings in their teeth because... Okay, Big Isle, Nebraska. Okay, Grand Island? Grand Isle, Nebraska. Are, so you're just saying Nebraska has poor dental health? Probably. Maybe it's all the corn. Like they have those corn teeth. Like you can fit an ear of corn through the teeth. I don't know. What? Is that what a thing? I once heard an expression that you have teeth that you can eat a corn cob through a chain link fence. That's the one. Because they need to eat the corn because they're children of the corn and they has to be related somehow. Okay. So they're pulling out their teeth to eat the corn through the fence. Okay. Sure. Um, That's really complicated, but okay. Anyway, also a lady's fingers get cut off, which I thought was kind of neat. Oh, poor mother. I know. Mother. Um, What? I was just trying to be drag for a minute. Just let me live my life. I'm letting you. Okay. um, But yeah, no, no. There were some cool effects in these movies. Um uh, again, I, I take issue with the fact that this is not a Children of the Corn movie, per se. Mm-hmm. But um, these movies pretty consistently, minus the first one, have had reasonably solid effects for their budget level and for what they are hoping to achieve. And I want to reward them for that. Uh, yeah, I will give it that. <coughs> Sorry. Oh, no, you have you have the sickness. You're going you're gonna to wake up and say your name is Ezekiel, and then you're going to cut off my fingers. I say that regularly anyway, so... That your name is Ezekiel? I say my name is many things. You do like to play characters. I do like to, you know, bite things off of you. That sounds incredibly inappropriate, and I also don't know what you're talking about. I bite things all the time. Okay. Um, let's let's move on, I guess. Um, what's your overall quality score for this movie? That kind of inappropriate. Yeah, um, and you just doubled down. But, I mean, I do bite. Okay, we're gonna. You're gonna erase this. Nope, no, I'm not. You're digging yourself into a hole. 
Um, uh, uh, overall score, I yes. give it a two. Really? Okay, so you thought it was weaker than the other ones? I only thought it was weaker because it was a completely different movie in a different franchise. Okay, um, I feel that, but me personally, I have been kind of inoculated against being lied to by horror sequels because mm-hmm. I'm so used to it. I watch franchises all the time, mm-hmm. and especially certain franchises more than this one. There's even less continuity, and it's just like, oh, someone in a mask is killing people. Let's call it, I don't know, like a slumber party massacre, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of used to that, and at least this one had kids being evil. So I'm like, oh, I'll. I'll call it a toss-up. Let's let's pretend it's part of this franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm actually giving this a four out of five, which is a shocking split that hasn't happened to us in a long time. Um, it, not since Disturbing Behavior or Idle Hands, I think, have we been this disagreeing on a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but not since eighth grade. We both liked eighth grade. Eighth grade. We just argued over whether or not it was Lady Bird or not. And you can listen to that argument on her Patreon. Yes, you subscribe can. now, please do. Um, but yeah, I just really liked it. Um, I thought there. I wouldn't. You know, again, we're grading these things on a curve. This is not look. This is not like other films I've given four out of five to. Like say, I don't know, um, a good movie. <laughs> I can't think of anything right now. Um, the movie In a World, perhaps, which is a great movie that I gave mm-hmm. like eight out of ten to on my blog. Mm-hmm. It, this is not the same. This is not as good. No. But like if we're comparing it to other Children of the Corn movies, um, I just I was really affected by a lot of stuff. I found it very eerie and atmospheric in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And I'm aware that it has limitations. Like all Children of the Corn films, it has a lot of material going on and not all of it really coalesces into a coherent whole mm-hmm. like the thing with Karen Black's agoraphobia. We don't really explore that as far as we could. Um, and the, Oh, but I do like an element on um, one of the kids has hemophilia and the, uh, mm. the like ghost child that's possessing him cuts the hand to like create this blood baptismal to, you know, bring back Voldemort or whatever. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, and the kid just passes out cause he's hemophiliac and the ghost doesn't know this. Mm-hmm. And just that element played in, which and it was introduced a lot earlier, and there was actually like a setup and payoff in this movie, which is much more competent than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just I really got taken in by this movie. Okay, one thing I will say, and what almost made me give the movie a three okay. was the movie was very entertaining. Yeah, it was completely watchable. It was engrossing. It was well thought out, and it was better than any you know fourth entry into a franchise has any right to be. Yeah, I completely agree. And, like, honestly, I I was dreading getting even this far into the franchise because I figured past three, there just was, it was just going to be this big swath of garbage. But Mm -hmm. so far, I'm doing great. Mm -hmm. Give me all the corn. I'm a cornaholic. I think I am going to upgrade my score from a two to a three, if only because that's unfair of me to judge it on something. No, I, I, I don't think it's unfair. Because it told you that it was going to be a different movie than it was. Mm-hmm. And that's the movie's fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go back with the two. Okay. I'm going back to the two. Only because, again, I think it's so silly that the kids are possessed via voodoo spiritualism. I don't know that it was voodoo necessarily. Whatever it okay. was. You know, I just thought it was silly. No, I. you're right. I, and the, this 
like idea here holds even less water than he who walks behind the rose as an entity, which is saying something. Mm-hmm. But like that aside, the way that this movie approaches plotting itself, I just really like reacted to and responded to positively. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I, I think that about concludes our conversation. Unless you had anything else you wanted to disagree with me on. I'm good, bro. Okay. Um, well, next week, I'll tell you what we're watching next week after I'll tell you how to contact the show. You can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod. You can email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at Scream101Podcast and subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, give us five stars, please. Be nice. I beg of you. Um, anyway, so next week we're going to be catching up with Freddy once more in A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. And, uh, yeah, we can see more of the franchise that heavily inspired this particular entry in Children of the Corn. There's a lot of Freddy-esque imagery going on. Woo! Um, and also, <coughs> do we feel like doing some guesses for the next Children of the Corn movie? Children of the Corn 555? No, Children of the Corn 5, Fields of Terror. This is the one I accidentally promised to you last time because I mixed up the subtitles. Okay. I remember it being different. I knew something was up. That you had made a mistake. Oh, yeah. No. Earlier when you mentioned this was what we were watching. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Um, but that one comes out in 1998, so that's two years after this one. Ooh. So um, this one briefly stopped the beating heart of the franchise, mm-hmm. um, which does lead me to believe they'll get back to basics a little more. Like, they might actually make a Children of the Corn movie. Uh-huh. But what? Are, what's your vote on that? Do you think yes, or do you think they're just going to keep giving us random corn-based... I think it might be random. That's why I kind of wanted to augment my scrolls. Like, well, if that's going to be the standard, you know, the hill that I die on, I'm going to have to give these movies, like, just lower and lower scores as they go on. So that's unfair to those movies just coming off right at the bat, you know, being like, I'm going to give you a low score because you're not a true of the court movie. Yeah, it, well, and also, like, do you need a movie to be devoted to the mythos of Children of the Corn? Like, is the mythos that good? No, it's not. I'm just used to it by now. We're for yeah. it. No, no, I, I totally feel that. Um... I hold out hope that he who walks behind the rose will at least receive like a passing nod in the next movie. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I think that one will be the one where where we're more able to tell what exactly we're dealing with. Uh-huh. Although, spoiler alert, we got um, after that one, Children of the Corn 666 Isaac's Return. So there's some form of continuity in there. Yeah. Um, cool. I look forward to that one. Yeah, me too. Um so yeah, um, until next time with uh, Elm Street 2, we'll catch you on the flippity flop. And thanks so much for listening, and please have good luck on your journey. And stay gold, everybody. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hey everyone, welcome to Eerie Earfuls. Every two weeks we choose a horror movie double feature to compare and contrast for your entertainment. Who chooses rotates each episode. We explain why we chose the films and then proceed to analyze the two. Why did you pick these two movies? Because both sequels reference and parody the original. They're both werewolf movies. And both of the main characters feature disabilities. I wanted to pair two slasher films that were based on revenge plots. I liked the theme of misunderstood monsters. Fair warning, there will be spoilers. I'm Justin. And I'm Brandon. 
You can subscribe to us on CastBox and iTunes. Thank you for listening, and stay scared, everyone. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. <laughs>